0: researchers at Harvard have developed a relatively cost-effective way of sucking carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere and turning it into fuel. So the way it works is you take um, air, basically, that has carbon dioxide in it. You put it through a process that's a fairly... um, well-known industrial process where you suck in all this air and you put it through a cooling tower and you collect the carbon dioxide out of the air and then you combine it with hydrogen to turn it into kerosene and and jet fuel, like things you could burn for fuel. And the reason this is interesting is when you burn that fuel and release CO2 back into the atmosphere, you're not, it's it's a carbon neutral fuel because the carbon you're releasing is carbon you took out of the atmosphere. Mm -hmm. Okay, so theoretically if you could, enter, and the reason this was a, uh, a useful uh, paper and article that, that that came out about this is, they got it so that the cost per um, gallon of fuel or per whatever metric ton of carbon dioxide is competitive um, with other other ways of, of creating fuel or, or with removing carbon dioxide. And so they were like, well, if we can scale this up, this is a way we could produce fuel for our existing transportation industry or whatever, that doesn't increase the amount of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. Hmm. Okay. So, and then over time, you could then theoretically decrease our overall need for this fuel using electric vehicles and other things. But in the meantime, for all the fuel we do need, we could have carbon neutral fuel. Hmm. And I find myself having a funny reaction to this because on one side, that seems good. And on the other side, it seems weird. Hmm. Like, yeah, it's a net good. That's fine, but like, it's
1: better than being a net
0: bad. It's better than being net bad. I guess they were saying like, okay, imagine if you had you could use the same process instead of turning it into fuel to just stick it underground and basically pull you know pull the CO two out of the environment. Right, the carbon capture. Exactly, carbon capture. It, it, it could be a new way of doing carbon capture.
1: Mm-hmm. So I do think this whole this whole notion of like geoengineering, mm-hmm. you know, is, what's the best way? Uh, you know, let's just set up some premises here. Climate change is real. It's happening uh human activity is leading to climate change the human
0: um, the main human activity being injecting too much of, co2 into the yeah the burning right. of fossil fuels yeah,
1: right. uh to to you know um burn carbon into the atmosphere right and so uh how do we you know we get to we need to get to a a a place where we're doing a lot less of that right <laughs> Uh,
0: so stop the bleeding.
1: Yeah, but then there are those that, that then are experimenting with like geoengineering. So is there, are there ways that we can have? Can you reverse it? Can like yeah, can, even if you stopped it now, we still got a problem. We still have a problem, and um, and we're not stopping it now. By the way, like, right? And then, then know, some some. So then there's this argument. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. minute. Like, is, is that just going to let us excuse the bad behavior that's going right. on now? Right. And say, oh, well, we don't need to. We don't need to reduce our emissions. We don't need to stop coal. We don't need to. Well, do all Okay. This so allow, other m- allow
0: me to throw out a couple. Uh, um, a what if scenario, if there were some way. Some sort of um atmospheric vacuum that we could um, vacuum out remove the carbon the excess carbon dioxide from the environment at the same rate that we're putting it in this doesn't exist, of course, but let's imagine it did. How would you feel about saying we don't need to change any of our habits around um, you know uh, moving to electric vehicles or reducing our carbon footprint because now we have the the you know sky vacuum that can can solve this problem for us
1: yeah it's 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 it, it that feels like a weird it,
0: situation Yeah, it
1: feels it feels less than satisfying <laughs> right uh but i mean i think just conceptually you, you have to say well that's it's good that's good that's of right. course and so why does it feel less than satisfying is it because it's not it's just neutral and it's not that, that i think there's this concern or this angst that it's not just that we need to cut down but we need to you know uh drastically make changes so
0: as i'm as i'm kind of thinking about this i'm if you had this way of offsetting existing carbon production
1: and let's imagine that
0: we we thought that this would scale with the the expectation of increased carbon production as the developing countries continue to develop and need more electricity or need need more transportation and you know so that the carbon production goes up if we keep pace with that i I would then, the next thing I would look for before I felt okay with this situation is, are we improving the metrics along which um, carbon dioxide is, uh, or climate change is hurting the planet, right? Are the number of billion-dollar storms reducing per year, uh, billion-dollar damage produ- ca- causing storms, are, is the amount of the you know, ice in the Arctic uh, increasing rather than decreasing um, all these different markers of the just the really big obvious ways that they' that they're detecting that climate change is happening and being caused by carbon dioxide are those being reversed are there, or, or kept at bay or whatever they are um, the you know the amount of um, extreme weather that's happening in different parts of the, of the world um, if that were happening and we thought it was a thing that you could keep pace with, I still prefer electric vehicles because they are quieter and less smelly. And -hmm. so there might be... I think that there are other reasons why once we get into kind of an electric um, power-driven world, people will like it. Because all things being equal, I think people will prefer the quieter, cleaner um, uh,
1: vehicles. Right, because your point being the emissions... Or not just bad because of the carbon they put in the air, but yes. because of the, the
0: user experience. The, <laughs> the, you know, <laughs> yeah. the, as whatever. a designer, you really do yeah, care about user experience. Right. It's, it's, yeah. it's like, um, you know, the user is the wrong term because but like some, you know, most people say once they start driving a Tesla, the experience of driving an electric vehicle is is different. And most people say better than driving a vehicle, than a, um, a gas powered car. Like the, the it feels like you have just a ton of power right at your, your, at your feet. And hmm. so it's fun to drive, right? That was Tesla. To me, that's Tesla's great success. Have you driven a Tesla? I have not. I would like to. But, um, you know, I've read about it. Uh, <laughs> pretty much the same thing. Yeah, uh, sure. And, and, I, didn't, I didn't read about it. I heard a podcast about it. I heard, and a, I feel like I, I, I heard somebody tell me about a podcast they had heard about it. Uh-huh. And, I saw that tweet. And they...
1: <laughs>
0: but they said that Tesla's... Or I think Tesla's great success is making electric vehicles cool and fun. And... Uh, it's the sort of thing that um, without that, there're just going to be things that Ed Beckley jr. wants to drive around, like no one's g- you want you need people to want it, yeah, and I think there's a similar dynamic when you get the entire u p s fleet or um all the um, municipal buses to turn to go from what they are now to electric vehicles, and it's like the pollution goes down, the amount of oil spots on the on the road go down, um, the, the number of rumbling engines
1: that go past you. Like,
0: I, I get, there is something about so the sound of a municipal bus that
1: drives me crazy. Uh, yeah, there, but there's something I think that you're getting at that it's like, what, what are the signifiers of progress? How do you know? Yeah, and, and that, that part of, uh, part of our work to combat climate change is getting lots of people excited about it. Yes, that, that it's that it's not there are just, benefits to them. But there, it's, so I could see both sides of it. But I could say some people would say, "Oh well, we can have our cake and eat it too. You know, we, there's no trade-offs. We can just get these uh, this new technology that allows us to have our same." Gas-guzzling cars, as before, but it's you're saying you know,
0: the the technology I'm talking about. If you could, if we could yeah. magically suck the carbon out of the sky, yeah, this, this technology you're talking about. Right. So that's that's one. That's, that's right. That's and some people would say, oh, okay,
1: you you could have a cake you needed to, and people could be excited about not having to make changes. Uh-huh. It, right. You know, and it doesn't feel different. Right. And it doesn't feel like, oh, what's that. You know, it, it, there's not that perception because, bias but, against like, oh, we have to, you know, the the, the when, when people say, oh, oh, you're you're a goody two shoe or you're, you know, you're driving yeah. a Prius because uh-huh. you, you feel good about yourself or you're, you know, environmentalist and you know those kind of slights that people make. It's like, oh, well, no, you there's so I could see the case that this new technology might be help us say, no, 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 you don't have to make any changes. The world as it right, is, right, But then we found I, a way not so that you don't have to make changes, right. But then, I, but I also could see maybe a more compelling way to build up interesting goodwill is here's a vision of the future. Yes. And it's different, but it's better. And, right. you know, we have electric vehicles and no emissions, and this is what a world without emissions, you know, w- would look like and yeah. sound like and feel like and smell like and taste like. Uh, and make that, you know, you know, have that be an appeal to people that, yes, it's going to be different. And sometimes people are scared about change, and but you, you can sell it as, yes, it's going to be different and it's going to be great. I think,
0: and I think the, I think sometimes lost in the conversation about climate change and some, you know, somebody pointed out that like, there's no way around the fact that the world that has successfully dealt with climate change is radically different than our world now. Mm. There's no way around it because...
1: In a world that has successfully dealt with... Science.
0: No, sorry. <laughs> no matter what version of that, you, you, you have to take away all the insane producers of Uh, carbon dioxide today, and replace those with something, right? And there's lots of ideas for what that something could be. But no matter what it is, it's a lot of things to change. It's a lot of things in our world. It's a lot of ways the world works that have to change. And, you know, the clock is ticking. And depending on who you talk to, it's like we're, you know. But
1: that's what I, so is is your reaction to this, you know, this new technology that uh, I mean, I think overall, I think is, it's in that good. Is, you know, but is your reaction, is it, there's a little bit of hmm uh, about it because you, you think like, well, I was, I was hoping the world would be different, not that we could just keep on doing the same things. Well, I, I think what it is is as much as, it is, as daunting as it is
0: to think about the scope of what, we'll, what will be necessary for us to legitimately address. Like imagine a world where you don't have, you know, the Republican Party dragging the world back from dealing with this problem right and instead you have everybody working in various ways to actually solve the problem it's still an incredibly difficult problem right it's still an incredibly costly problem it is still just you know it is the it is the perhaps the biggest problem we as a global culture will ever address and i look at this and i'm like well i feel good about it because obviously a a large scale uh scalable cheap enough way of pulling uh, you know reducing Carbon in the envir- in the atmosphere, that's great. But it does strike me as as something where it might take our eye off the ball of like all the things that need to change to move to a world that is not under threat. Like, in other words, we have grown up our entire life hearing about the threat of global warming and climate change. And it's gone from like a thing people talk about a little bit in the eighties and nineties to a thing people talk about more in the O's, to a thing that people are like, Oh, all these insane hurricanes and Frankenstorms, and and you know, like it's gotten worse. And I, there's a whole generation, our generation, that has grown up with this being this this you know sword looming over us, and it, to the point where it's almost hard to imagine a world where that's not a like that is like our generation's nuclear war. Mm. Nothing's actually happening, but it's this terrifying thing looming on the over the horizon. Right, and it's like in the same way that like I imagine it must have felt very weird in let's say the 90s the idea that like okay so the ussr is is different now and the threat of nuclear war is 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 mitigated and it's not the same thing as like the the panic of previous eras or the, the the deep concern of previous eras it's hard for me to imagine a world where we don't have this existential panic about not panic this existential deep concern about the future of climate change and that we may be ruining our only planet
1: next topic